Above all, my beloved, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. This verse has intrigued me for a very long time. Why does the author of the epistle of James condemn taking oaths? What exactly is the problem here? The unlawfulness of oath in general? Or does he refer to the light use of profanity in everyday speech? Or is it the swearing by the name of God? Well, it seems to me that the issue here is not that it is wrong to make promises or oaths because the Lord himself has taken a judicial oath before Caiaphas. What James seems to teach here, it does in fact support the importance of honesty in speech. One should say yes or no and mean it. In doing so, he might be referring to the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus produces a similar teaching and confronts the Pharisaic practice of making oaths uh, using various formulas to create different levels of oaths so that they were actually able to make an oath that sounded really firm but was considered less binding. So that way the Jews could ignore their promises while sounding pious. But James adds another level to this teaching. He says he uses strong words such as above all and condemnation. What is striking here is that the immediate context of the verse deals with matters that are more important than just taking oaths. He talks about purity, patience in suffering, and the power of prayer. Yet he says, above all, honesty in speech is important. So how does this verse even fit in this context? Some scholars have accepted it as just fragmentary or a later addition. But there seems to be another possibility. Let us consider why the Christian audience of James was making these oaths on the first place. I think that the answer may be found in the larger theme of the entire letter, which is faith. Faith that is our true riches, faith in spite of trials, faith that will be tested by suffering. So quite possibly, those to whom James was writing may have been doing what every one of us has done, which is to strike a bargain with God in times of difficulty. Have we not all tried this, tried manipulating God every once in a while? Just help me this time, oh God, and I'll do anything. I will pray, I will read the Bible, I will fast. And then, of course, just like the Pharisees, once the difficulties are past, we find all sorts of ways 
to escape these promises. When I said I'd fast, I actually just meant Fridays, not the entire Lent. Are these sacrifices acceptable unto God? Malachi says that God is a refiner's fire. He is the one who will purify, and only then our sacrifices will be acceptable. James also says that faith manifests itself in deeds, but it does not rely on them. James' focus on works is too often juxtaposed with that of Paul. But I think that what they're saying is in line with each other because it is also in line with the very nature of the gospel of Christ. It is bargaining that's a reliance on works, and that will be condemned, as James says. But faith is a reliance on God's grace and mercy. What James wants to do here is not to formulate a works righteousness theology, as some have called it, but he reminds us of the markers of true faith. The true faith that will empower us not to allow the sufferings of, to pressure us into unbelief, so that then we are bound to make such false promises to God. It's the faith that will empower us to trust that the Lord is coming soon, that his day is near, that we must follow the examples of Job and the prophets and those who take sufferings with grace in our midst. And it, will, it is the faith that will enable us to pray with the same success that Elijah had as the second portion of this chapter of James describes. And finally, it is the faith that will enable us to support each other in staying close to this truth. It is from this kind of faith that all honesty and integrity will follow, as well as our ability to say yes to God and truly mean it.